welcome to Board Game Basics, episode number 17. I'm Patrick. And I'm Robert. Each episode we'll try and talk about a board game and a card game. Hosting for this episode is provided by Gameology, Australia's largest gaming warehouse. So we got Thank you to Gameology. Today, yeah, thank you to Gameology. So today we're going to talk about Risk. Yeah. And Parker Brothers, which is the company that made Risk. It is. So just for something different, we... um did all card games last week because we talked about the Japanese boys oh, when yeah. we were in Japan. Um, so we thought we would do Risk. And that, uh, how's the week been so far? Good. It's busy, it's getting to Christmas, there's lots of things happening, we're late recording this episode. I was helping and do some decorations. Yeah, so there's been a lot Christmas. happening. Oh, and we took out our old American car. Yesterday the for the first time. Yeah, our Oldsmobile, which is so got beautiful. got Corvette still. We have. And you got your Cobra that you're making. Oh, uh, that'll never happen. Um, okay, so should we get on to Risk? Yeah. All right. Okay, so now we're going to talk about Risk. Risk says it's the world continuous games, ages 10 to adult, 2 to 6 players. The world, yeah, the world conquest game. <laughs> you're shortcutting the words. <laughs> I thought it said continue. <laughs> Takes 120 minutes. We played oh, for like yeah. three hours. No, two years ago, when you were seven. Didn't we, we get up straight away in the morning? It was four hours. Straight away, we got up in the morning. I'm like running into your room saying, you said we could play Risk, so let's play it. I know. And it was four, it was winter, four hours. And your emotions were up. And down. Ah, <laughs> it was a long four Roller hours. Coaster. And we haven't played it again since. I want to play it again. Yeah, well, <laughs> that was so long. Um, okay, it says uh, 10 plus, but the community says 8. It says it's best with 4, whereas we were only playing with 2. No, uh, we were playing with 3. Oh, but mum, she got out of it after the second hour. <laughs> and I, I, the wait was 2.1. She said I could one. replace all of mine with hers. I know, we probably should pull this out one day with our game group, hey? Yeah. Um, uh, so if we go to the Wikipedia page and just read a little bit from there, it says that Risk is a strategy board game of diplomacy, conflict and conquest for two to six players. Um, the standard version is played on a map depicting a political map of the Earth divided into 42 territories, which are grouped into six continents. Turn rotates among players who control armies of players playing pieces with which they attempt to capture the territories from other players with results determined by dice rolls. Uh, Players may form and dissolve alliances during the course of the game. The goal of the game is to occupy every territory on the board and in doing so eliminate the other players. Although, that anyway, the game can be lengthy, requiring several hours to multiple days to finish. <laughs> it's like, you know, Gloomhaven, where you can leave it on the table and come back to you it You can come back day. in a month. And, it's... Um, uh, and we do have, like, secret missions to shorten the game. We like, don't do that one, though. No, we haven't. But don't I you don't think that after that. our four-hour game, we should be doing this Nuh-uh, one? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, if we play again, we're going to do the secret mission. No, that ruins the whole game. No, or... Two people. Capital Risk. The other one they, they put in the rule book there. Let's just play Normal Risk on two players next time. 
Um, it's gone on to be one of the most popular board games in history. Um, war game board games in history. And yet, only on BGG, what was it? It was only rating at 5.6. I mean, I know we've only given it a 5 because we've moved on to other games from this. And I was just reading on BGG this morning that someone asked about um, their ki- their kids had quit playing Risk and what what do you do? And I was like, oh, I wouldn't be doing too much. Like, have a chat, some food. We had to sit you down, have a food. And then we finished off the game. I think it ended in a draw after four hours. But yes, because anyway. um, <laughs> neither of us were anywhere near. Getting it done. And I was slowly getting towards you. Yes, and it was a long day. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what the answer to Can that I one talk is. about the miniatures? Well, I was just going to talk about the history, but how, do you want me to read the history bit? Because uh, I'd like definitely. you to. You, you want to talk about it. Okay, so Risk was invented by the French film director Albert Lamorosi, if that's said right. And it was uh, originally released in 1957 as The Conquest of the World in France. It was bought by Parker Brothers and released in 1959 with, with some... The we're talking about today. Yes, the game makers. Um, with some mods to the rules. Um, and then it became eventually the risk, the game of global domination. So following introduction, the first new version of Risk in nearly 20 years was released in 1986. And it was called Castle Risk. It featured a map depicting 18th century European castles instead of a map of the world. It I was think a, we got the um, one that was uh, we've named got the original Brit. one. We've got yeah. the original one. That, well, that one was a bit of a flop. Crack in half. Yeah, well, that's because it's old. And it's so big. Anyway, we'll get to that. And minute. really fun. Um, so then again, they tried again 15 years later in 93 with the rules for the secret mission risk, which had been... Standard in Europe, and they were added to the US edition um, after a limited edition release in '99 in France called uh, Risk Napoleon, in commemoration of 200th anniversary of the Napoleonic era. Uh, and then a new edition called Risk 2210 AD was published in 2001 by as Hasbro's Avalon Hill division. And that was so a futuristic a company, themed one. A, cu- a few companies. Companies have been making copies of this game. I think Hasbro, you'll discover when we talk about Parker Brothers, bought out Parker Brothers. Anyway, uh, there have been lots of different theme risks like uh, Star Wars, uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. Oh, and they mentioned Transformers here is another one as well. Uh, and now they have Risk Legacy, which was one of the first. Legacy games, the first legacy game that came out and changed the way you play. Although the game, I think, is that still would be the same. awful doing that. That would take like four hours. <laughs> How would we playing ever? it like twelve <laughs> times, <laughs> and you would never get to play it? I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. I haven't. Ex- uh, I've like not looked at that at all. Um, don't want to get it because the legacy fact about it might make it take even longer. Yes, that doesn't excite you or me. So, do you, now did you point. want to talk about the pieces? Oh, so these are the pieces. Like, So you get to choose one of the six colours. There's black, grey, mm-hmm. yellow, blue, red and green. Right, yep. 
I've just grabbed a few green ones out right now. Yeah, they so they come in their own little tin, which is good in ours. Yeah. Like I don't know if they all come like that, but. And the tin, the lid of the um plastic bit actually says risk on top. You've like your um, let's say the like containers. forty characters in there. Um, I'm not sure. You keep talking. Three, I can there's, find out. It says three hundred and sixty miniatures. Contains three hundred and sixty miniatures. Oh, so it's them. really just 360 divided by 6. Which is how much? Uh, no idea. Come on, you're good at maths. I don't know. I haven't divided from that high. Oh. <laughs> what What about six sixes? Six sixes? What is that? Hello? I need a while to remember. Uh, anyway. Alright, um, um, so the miniatures. So if you look at the miniatures... Like, you got your normal soldiers. They just stand around. Yep, so they're called the infantry. Infantry, like in Australia. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, in real wars where the infantry are the soldiers that walk out. Yep, keep going. And they're, like, kneeling down, holding it. Yep, and then the next one. I wonder what they would look like painted like that. The next one, that one's worth one person. Mm-hmm. I'm going up in person order. Okay. How many they're worth. And then you got the horse one. On the rule book, front of the rule book, it looks like the, f- and also on the top of the box, it looks like the horse is freaked out. Yeah, he's about he's to like, go into Rrr. battle. Yep, keep going. And then they've got the soldier with his sword on top. Yep. Well, that's the cavalry. Yep. That's five armies. Yep. Yep, that's five. Okay. And it's actually really detailed as well, like... It looks like a flamingo, like, putting one knee on. Oh, if yeah. you look at it, a certain side, it does. They're only small, but they're really cool Yeah, but pieces. if you look at it on the other side, it doesn't look like that. And, and the then the one. last one, which is my favourite, which I always want to put out, but you say you shouldn't be putting those out all the time because then if they get killed, you got to change it into a five and a four if it's one, mm. if you lose one. Well, it depends, yes. So, How um, do you remember all this? Keep going. I just checked out the rule books. And so it's got these really cool wheels on it. And it's got like it got like this little wheel stop on the front of it. Like a little stop that stops the wheels from going too far. As if it was rolling. Yeah. Can I just ask you a question? If you look inside the game box, right? So if you take that And um the cannon has this bit that lays down on the ground and that's really all I and that one's worth ten people. Now, if you look at the box, that is a massive box for what is basically six little containers and a board. If they made this board that it could flip in half, it would all fit in a box like tiny. I wish they would do that. Maybe they do no, but, now. No, but I don't then think they, they do. would struggle to um, fold it in half because it's already folded in thirds. Yeah, but you just make it differently. They could do that. But, so that's really frustrating that it's such a big box, especially now with all the, the way they design game boxes all to fit. They're easy to store. This, the old Monopoly-style way of doing it. Now... Uh, um, can I just keep saying something? I've got some things about the dice in here. Like, So there are three red dice, which are your attacking dice, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Because I looked in there and there was red and white. I'm pr- guessing that white was defender mm-hmm. and red was attacker because you would have more if you're attacking than defending. Okay. So um, there's two white for defending, I'm pretty sure, and three red for attacking. Yeah, but you don't always get that many, so what happens when you're mm. attacking? Um, and they're you... all six-sided dice. 
Yeah, that's right. And if you beat the other person on one of your dice, mm-hmm. um, you've got to, they've got to take away one of their armies. Yeah, you can never lose more than two on a single roll. Mm. Now, just uh, how about we go to the rule book here quickly and we just talk for a sec. So it just says, on your turn, try to capture territories by defeating your opponent's armies. But be careful, winning battles will depend on careful planning, quick decisions and bold moves. Um, at any time during the game, you can trade infantry pieces for the equivalent in cavalry or artillery. So none of those things really matter. Each turn, you get three steps in this order. You get and place new armies. Attack, if you choose to, by rolling the dice. And then fortify your position by moving your armies. You know, like if you've got all the bottom of Australia, and you can have your defence line like, up I, further. I normally have... Well, the only time we've played it was um, when you said it took four hours. Yeah. I, was, I took Egypt... All of Australia and like Papua New Guinea and that. Mm. So then no one could get in yeah. without having was to attack Egypt? them. Yeah, you blocked us out. I know. And I was blocking you out of. Um, I like the Australia other... down the bottom there and try and get really strong, but I couldn't. Mm. But you can't actually um, get in there very easily. Okay, so now getting your armies. At the beginning of each turn, you calculate how many new armies you'll add to your territories based on one, the number of territories that you occupy so if you occupy five well if you have 11 territories it's three armies the value of the continents you control and the value of the match sets of risk cards you trade in remember how you collect the the cards and you you trade them in and also the specific territory pictured on a traded in card so at the beginning of every turn count the number of territories you currently occupy and then divide the total by three Ignore any fractions and stuff. The, the answer is the number of armies you receive. And then you place the new armies on any territory you occupy. So you start then spreading out. Like, um, that's what I like. You always get at least get, three armies. And like as many as I can on the one territory. Because when you move them, you've got actually... You want to leave some in that territory that you've got there. Yeah. So then you just start moving them out. Or you have a territory that's connected to that one. And as you move them out of that one, you pull them into there, and once you you summon them in, yeah, the that's one that right. You summon. Hold on, off. what game are we playing? <laughs> uh, you, you spawn them in there, or whatever. Oh, hold on, we're spawning. We're spawning people now, are we? <laughs> hold on, is this Gloomhaven or no? Oh, just put your person there and then move it out. Oh right, okay. Now that's funny. Just hearing the way you're talking. Uh, continents. In addition, not used to saying place. Normally used to saying summon or something. Yeah, that's Cause right. Because Gloomhaven summons things. And the other everywhere. games. Uh, so at the beginning of your turn, you receive armies for each continent you control. To control a continent, you must occupy all of the territories at the start of your turn. So the purple, I think it is, that's Australia it's at the Australia. bottom. But it's and, four. And it's Papua Australia. New Guinea. Yeah, and they've got Papua New Guinea in it as well and something else, I think. I think they have Indonesia as well. So to find the exact number of armies you receive for each continent, look at the chart in the on the game board that's on there. Yeah, and I that saw tells that. You Australia, you only get two. Yeah, it's a lower one because you've got a good... You, they can't attack you from all sides. Um, I'm guessing that's why they do it. So, uh, risk cards. So, at the end of any turn in which you capture at least one territory, you earn one um, only risk card. And you're trying to collect sets of three. So, you can either get um, three of the same uh, cavalry, infantry, or artillery, 
one of each um, or any two plus a wild which has the three symbols on it. If you've collected a set of three, um, you may then turn them in at the beginning of your next turn um, or you can wait. But if you have five or six cards at the beginning of your turn, you must trade in at least one set. Trading you can trade your cards in for armies. A player can then change the cards um, for additional troops. And so three infantry is for four. One of each is ten. So that's what you want to... You'd like to get one of each, but it's not always that easy. I like getting ten. the cannons. I'm like, oh, I want to put this cannon out. But you're, then you're like, no, nah, it's a bit risky because you can lose them pretty easily. Well, then you've got them all in one spot. You might want to diversify and have them all. Well, I like spreading spread them out. out once I've got them in there. Okay, so then we've got your men on the board and women. Now I've got to attack. So after you place your armies, soldiers, I, you decide if you want to attack. And the object of the attack is to capture a territory by defeating all the opposing armies that are already on it. And battle is fought when you're rolling the dice. And you study the board. Uh, do I want to battle you or not? Well, you got to actually be in the same territory. you got to move into their territory to battle them. I'm and then sure. if I'm not going to battle you, I can just move on, move my players, and end of my, end of my turn. Sounds quick, doesn't it? But if I'm going to attack, um, there are some rules you got to follow. I'll grab. What does it say? You may only attack a territory that's adjacent uh, or touching to one of your own. So you have to be. What if you're in it? What if you moved your people into it the turn before? And they're in there. Um, I wonder if you actually could do that. Um, you you must always have at least two armies in the territory you're attacking from because you need to roll two dice. To. And you can continue attacking one army until you've eliminated all of them on it. Or you may shift from that one. Oh, I'm going to move from attacking mum to attacking you. I normally attack blah. you. So first you, you announce that you're going to attack. Then you roll dice against the opponent who occupies the opposing territory. So I'm attacking you, right? I need to get that off of you. I want one of those cards and I want to get rid of some of your armies. So before we roll both... Myself and you have to announce the number of dice that we intend to roll, and oh, we both well, roll at the same time. Four. Uh, as the attacker, so I would roll uh, either one, two, or three red dice, and you have to have at least one more army in your territory than the number of dice you roll. So I've only got two armies, I can only roll one, one. dice. That would stink. And the more dice that I am able to roll with, the better that the odds are that I will win. Like mathematically, if you were to roll dice over and over and over again the chances so the probability of getting the numbers i need is much higher with the more dice well it really isn't like just rolling the same dice over and over it's rolling three dice at once and like say you get all sixes on them there's no way you cannot win yeah well unless the defender rolls two sixes and so okay so the def then the defender will either roll the one or two white dice um, to roll two, they have to have at least two armies uh, on the territory under attack. And again, the more dice the defender rolls, the greater the odds of winning um, oh. the, the chance. But also, the more chance you can lose. Because if you beat me on three dice... Then they have a few examples here. The highest attacker's dice beats the only single defender's dice, blah, blah, blah. In the case of a tie, defender always wins, like most games. Like, because... 
And the attacker can never lose more than two on a single roll. And, um, like, the defend. So, that's what I said, like, if you roll sixes, Mm -hmm. and then the other person rolls sixes, which Mm -hmm. is the defender, Mm -hmm. the defender will take your people. I know, I know. Well, don't remind me about this. I know. So, as soon as you defeat um, an opposing army or a territory, you capture that territory um and you've got to occupy it you have to move someone in so you have to move in at least uh, at least as many as the the number of dice that you've rolled so you um, put three in and then they give what's the also oh, in most cases moving as many armies as you can to the front is advantageous because armies left behind can't help when you are attacking also remember you must always leave at least one army behind on the territory you attacked from during the game, every territory must always be occupied by at least one army. So you could put um, one person in every square that you've been through. Yeah, well, that's what you have. And then no one can attack you. Well, not if you have your big, heavy line of fortified workers at the top of Australia. <laughs> I can't get down to the bottom because nothing's joined. Like, you could have your all your one people around the top, defending the top, and then have all your big groups of people in the back well, that's the idea. ready to move out of your territory. The only thing is, as the game goes there on... And and get that, and then they keep can't getting in there. Yeah, as the game goes on and you keep getting armies, if you're not attacking, you get up. I've got heaps of armies, you've got heaps of armies, and I it's always, a big battle. I think at one point I, there was nothing in my container. Remember, this is a game we played two years ago, and you remember it like it was just yesterday. I'm <laughs> pretty sure that I, so at cool. one point I had nothing in my container. Okay, so then you can end your attack at any time if you've captured at least one territory. Take a, a risk card from the top pile. Uh, doesn't matter how many you've taken, any places you've taken, and then you fortify your position um, wherever you want. If you during your turn you eliminate an opponent by defeating their last army. You win any cards that they've collected. Uh, if winning them gives you six or more cards, you immediately trade, blah, blah, blah. Um, fortifying your position, whatever you've done on your turn, you can always do that. Winning, the winner is the first player to eliminate every opponent by cat- capturing all 42 territories on the board. Why can't it? I thought Unless that would be do. pretty hard. Like, you know how I said, like, Keep like two big territories as your bank of people, mm-hmm. and then like just move one at a time. Yeah, but out. then one or two can't really take over. No, but then no one can take over your area, and you'll win. Yeah, quickly. well that's true, but no. And then you like move up five in one in there where your enemy is, and then you defeat that, and then you just put one there. And then yeah, if there's another one around, you put one there, and then you just beat them. So they've given us a couple of examples of uh, the, the modified games here. So Capital Risk, which is for a shorter world domination game, um, based on the rules we just talked about. But the object of the game is to capture all the opposing headquarters while you still control your own. Um, and then you can shorten the game even further with four players to capture any two opposing headquarters. Or if it's five or six, you could go for three opposing headquarters because obviously there's more in the game. I don't like the sound of that. You just remove the secret mission cards for that one. Now, also then there's the secret mission risk, which is for three to six. Object of the game is to be the first player to complete the mission described on your own mission card. Suitable for three to six. Equipment, use all the same I only want to play the normal. The mission I only want to play the normal risk, not any of them to shorten the game, okay? 
<laughs> you just want to keep playing it forever and ever. But we're yeah. getting so many other cool games. Yeah. Haven't we gone, uh, we don't want to play this? Nah. uh Would you rather play Ticket to Ride, though? You're really at the point where you want to give this a game, though, aren't you? I'm seeing that twinkle in your eye talking about it. We need to call Dave over to play one night, <laughs> hey? And we're not playing one of the different ones. Uh, and also, we never talked about the initial um, army placement at the start of the game. So you select your colour. Depending on the number of players, you count out Whee! the armies you need to start the, playing the game. So if two are playing, you see special instructions on the 11th page. But if three are playing, each player gets 35 infantry. And if four, each player gets 30. Down to six, each gets 20 and you, Why you, can't you have all your people? You roll a die. Whoever rise, rolls the highest number takes one piece, places it on a territory on the board, claiming that territory. So Yee. you like to get Australia, and then I go... No, I, I always do? start off in Australia. Yeah, I know. I always start off in the purple area and in Egypt, because then I can build out in Africa really Egypt. easily. Africa, South Africa. Or oh, right, yeah. Really no. easily. Yeah. Because, like, you just go... Pow, pow, pow. No, it doesn't. No, one no it really connects comes to Asia. I thought you connects to no, Asia. No. no one really comes in there. And um, um, it doesn't connect anywhere. There's only one, there's only one route in towards Australia. Yeah, which is good. Which is from Asia. It's good for you because you feel in, protected, but then you can't in, get out. Um, no, I can. I get out easily because there's like a thousand routes leading out. No, once you get to the green, you can get out. Once you get to... Europe and Asia. And the only route into there is in um, S-I-A-M. Siam. Siam. But, yeah, the thing is that then you're only picking up two armies, where if I go out and claim Asia or if I claim um, North America away from you, I'm getting five that's where, armies. That's but where you always start out. for some reason and then mummy starts over here. Yeah, I know, I know. In Asia. Maybe we could get it out and have a game sometime, I don't know. Don't put the board there. It's not something that excites me just because it's been time now. What got I'm looking me... at this board and it's nearly as big. It's as big as your chair. Yeah, thanks. It's massive. I remember buying this game and on PlayStation way back in the day because I was you like, did? yes, I don't need anyone to play with me. And That's really good. It was then. cool on PlayStation, but it's just not the same. It was not the same playing on the computer as playing on a board it's way better doing it on less arguments so. it's way better doing it on a board though alright well I reckon we've probably talked about risk for all that we really need to talk about it almost uh, 30 minutes normally how much we do our own whole episode for now if anything that's made me think well, we've got to play this one day yeah do you have anything else to add how about our ratings oh yeah what do you rate this game at I'm what just gonna. Oh, I've, we've, I've put it on five on our BGG just because Naughty. I haven't had overly great experiences and I'm probably rating other games much higher. But what about you? You're gonna say seven after your. Mm-mm. What? Nine. Ah, oh, you're not gonna give it a nine. Yes. Wait until you've played it another time and see what you give it. This now is that just you're making older. me wanna play it even I know. more. As soon as we get games out, you just wanna play them. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so now we're going to talk about Parker Brothers. I was about to say it's a game for however many people, because I'm used to saying that. <laughs> yes, not, but no. So we're going to read some off of so um, Wikipedia. So this is actually Wikipedia. who made Risk. 
and a whole heap of other games that we've got. Yep. Okay. Well, you can start. Like Trivial Pursuit and stuff like that. So, for the American. Oh no! Don't worry about no, that. Bit. Worry. Just we'll just go from Parker. Parker Brothers was an American toy and game manufacturer, which later became a brand of Hasbro. More than one thousand eight hundred games were published under the Parker Brothers name since eighteen eighty three, which oh. is when this was. No, that was nineteen eighty three. Hundred years out. <laughs> this was still put on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, among the products were Monopoly, Cluedo. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. Risk. Shrivel Pursuit. Oh, I don't know those ones. Bop it. Probe. Okay, keep going here. The trade name became... Defunct. With former products being marked under the Hasbro gaming label. However, in 2017... Uh, 2017. Yeah, you were right. Yeah. Last year, yeah. Hasbro Revi- revived... revived the brand with the release of several new games which bear simulates similarities similarities with those of some of its previous better known products Tuttery when the, when <coughs> we got it all the way out there yeah, sorry we should do that we need to get two of these uh, laptops so parker brothers was founded by george s parker Parker's philosophy deviated from the prevalent theme of board game design. He believed that games should be played for enjoyment and did not need to emphasise morals and values. He created his first game, called Banking, in 1883, when he was 16. Mm. Banking is a game in which players borrowed money from the bank and tried to generate wealth by guessing how well they could do. The game included 160 cards, which foretold their failures or successes. The game was so popular among family and friends that his brother, Charles Parker, urged him to publish it. George approached two Boston publishers with the idea, but was unsuccessful. Not discouraged, he spent $40 to publish 500 sets of banking. He eventually sold all but 12 copies, making a profit of $100. That's a lot of money. money. And he only spent 40, so he, you know, better than. that's better than made his money. Make, making twenty. Um, Parker brother Parker founded his game company initially called the G George S Parker Company in his hometown of uh, Massachusetts in 1883. When George's brother Charles joined the business in 19 in 1888, that's the year of Jack the Ripper. Anyway, company's name was changed to its for, more familiar form in 1898. A third brother. Edward H. Parker joined the company. For many years, George designed most of the games himself and wrote all the rules. Many games were based on important events of the day. Uh, There was one called Klondike, which was based on the Alaskan Gold Rush, which there's a TV show now called Klondike Fever where they talk about the mining. The game industry was growing and the company was becoming very profitable. In 1906, Parker Brothers published the game Rook, their I most successful you were about to say card game. Brother to this came day. In. Oh, yeah. During the Great Depression, a time when many companies went out of business, Parker Brothers released a new board game called Monopoly, which we've talked about in another episode when episode we talked about it. Um, although they'd originally rejected the game, they decided to publish it. And it was a success and had difficulty keeping up with the demand. And 
the company grew over the next several decades with games like Cluedo and Risk and Sorry. It marketed it marketed its first puzzle in 1887. The most highly sought of Parker puzzles are the wooden Parker pastimes. Parker also produced children's puzzles. When it first said sorry, I thought it was saying sorry for something that it said on the um. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that that was a game. game. Yeah, I didn't even know that was an actual game. Oh, you'll have to look it up when we're at the shops one day. Mm. Uh, So even after George Parker's death, the company remained family-owned until 1968, when General Mills purchased the company. After this, Parker Brothers produced the first Nerf ball, which became another major national hit. In the UK during the 1970s, Parker Brothers was the game division of Palatoy, um, which was another one of their companies, and produced a variety of releases such as Escape from Coldies. By the turn of the decade, the company relocated to Massachusetts. And the company began to produce electronic versions of their popular board games in the 70s and 80s. Like, at this time, the electronic ones? Yeah, not of theirs, though. No, at this time, the company ventured into the toy market with the electronic action figure, Rom the Space Knight. (laughs) Never heard of it. And that was in 77. And although the toy proved a failure, the licensed comic book published by Marvel Comics ran for years after the toy was discontinued. They also produced video games for various systems during the 1980s. Um, Popeye, Frogger, well, yeah, with home ports, yeah. Uh, the first video, uh, the first video games based on Star Wars movies, such as that and more. So they, I didn't realize they were into the video games. I did. The, I just thought they were board games. In early 1983, Parker Brothers spent. Um, 15 million US establishing a book publishing branch. Their first titles were Cave Care Bears, Strawberry Shortcake, things I remember growing up with because of my sisters. The branch published 12 titles by February the next year, and the sales totaled 3.5 million units. Parker Brothers also operated a record label around the same time. One of their one of its releases was based on the Cabbage Patch Kids. Um, in 85, General Mills merged the company with their subsidiary company, Kenner. The new company, Kenner Parker Toys, was acquired by Tonka they in 1987. They do a Tough. few different things than just board games. Yeah, I know. Who would have thought? Mm. Tonka, including Parker Brothers, was bought in 91 for about $516 million by Hasbro. That's a lot of money. And they also own um, Milton Bradley Company, which is the other board game company for mass market games. Uh, then, after that, the Parker Brothers continued to have its uh, corporate offices in Beverly, but the production of the games was moved to Milton Bradley's headquarters in East, East Longmeadow. In 98, Parker Brothers and Milton Bradley were consolidated at the new Hasbro Games Campus Campus based in Parker Brothers' former headquarters. So th- just that was off of um, Wikipedia, which There's probably awesome. way more on Wikipedia that we don't need. Yeah, and there's lots of references there that you can go and check out if it's something that interests you. But what a history. Who would have thought? Mm, we don't I want didn't to know be, there were three brothers. But we don't want to be sitting here reading it for ages. I thought it was all of the brothers just 
Made games. Made games. Didn't even re- think it would be one, then another, and then another. And when I thought you were about to say there was going to be another one no. coming, but that's a hundred. That's, you know, that's a hundred and forty years ago. That's amazing. And the name is still used. Not so much now, maybe. Although they did say in uh, twenty seventeen they um, yeah. revived the brand again. So. Oh, anyway, I thought that was interesting and something that we mm. probably don't all know we about. Need a, we need to talk about other brands now because this has such an interesting history. Story. And it's only now, a short all history. the other ones will have a whole heap of interesting something, history. Something else I thought I'd, I'd research. I might even just Wikipedia it one day I when we're going to talk. was zombies. And where did zombies come from? What? Where did the idea of zombies come from? Anyway, we'll talk about that another time. Okay. Anyway, that was Parker Brothers, a quick little summation from Wikipedia. More like long. Okay, well, we better get going. We better wrap this up. We're going to get to Mika's concert for the year. So, thanks to Gameology. Australia's largest gaming warehouse. Thank you for the support, the hosting. And, um... I've really email. enjoyed having them um, helping. Help us out, yeah. Just email us, boardgamebasicspodcast at outlook.com. Outlook. It's in the show notes. We've got Twitter, Twitter. Uh, boardgamebasic1. Basic at at boardgamebasic1. And please share us. It's BG, email it, us. It's BGB at boardgamebasic1. Yep. Capital B for board. That's right. We would love to hear any feedback you might have. You might have a question. You've got a game you might want us to talk about. Or how about you just email us. Or a game that you us. might want us to buy and talk about. Yeah. Let us know your top three games coming up to Christmas. Our challenge hasn't gone so well. We're, we're, we haven't completed we're as many games of our challenge as we wanted. So one email off our... Giving away Scrabble. Giving yes. away. We need one more. And then we've got ten emails. So, and maybe even more listeners than 10. We've got to actually go through our challenge and see if we can get a few more ticked off. But it's hard to get them ticked oh, off because most of them take a while. We're long. We better get this out of here. we got to go. Um, also, in we January, we hopefully have the up. game with we Caitlin. We, we'll get to do Cluedo and um, whatever else she wanted to spy for. I thought she wanted to do Cluedo card. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening. Do you want to take us out, Patrick? That's bye from me. And bye from me. We forgot to say thanks for listening. That was... Thanks for listening. Another long episode. We didn't mean to go that long today. Mika will be banging at the door in a sec saying, we've got to go, we've got to go. No, she wasn't ready when we were there. I know, but she'll be here in a sec. Um, We had a great car run last night. That was so much fun Mm. taking the old mobile Except we were like one of the only people. Yeah, it was a quiet one because it was raining. And all that was, and our um, cousins were there. That's pretty much the only people that were watching. was there from our podcast earlier. Yes, he was actually um, in one of the Corvettes. Oh, yeah, we... You know, it took us 10 years to do that car. I should put a photo of it on uh, Twitter sometime. All right, let's go. You got a joke? What do you get from a bad-tempered shark?
I don't know. Sore teeth? No, as far away as possible. 